1: bastards and welcome to the misery hunters podcast my name is Jamie Coburn and joining me is Mark Jordan good evening and Andrew Christie all right what a thriller we've got to talk about I think this will go down in the ages In the season review this will be our highlight of the season
3: 96 minutes of
2: pure football (laughs)
1: like you want to teach like see all this project Mbappe shit get your kids watching this game show them what real football is
3: it was kind of like what football would be if instead of Johan Cruyff revolutionising the game in the
0: 70s, it was Sam Allardyce. <laughs> it's a bit like you know these Twitter, uh, Twitter accounts, it's like terrible Scottish football or terrible 90s football or whatever it was like that. It was, wasn't was much quality on shows at all, but also it's exactly the game that we expected it to be going in. But it's it? Also
3: a, it was a deliberate creation, that's what Livingston do and they're good at it and I hold no um no ill feeling towards them for doing it. They just reduce teams
0: to Yeah. I think there's there's quite a lot of snobbery around Livingston, both from kind of football as a whole and, and from our fans, weirdly, which I do find odd because we're such similar teams in just about like every metric that there is. You know, styles styles of play kind of both got very tactical and kind of managers, budget general kind of ambitions were so so similar. And I Saturday was just a case of two very similar systems just smashing into each other and not producing any football.
3: I think um, me and me and Sam were on comms, and a um, thing that I feel like we spoke about pretty constantly was our particularly with Alessania starting up front instead of Mandron. The game that we are trying to play is. Draw teams in and then find that space, or let McMenamin and Kelty push up and then have people to to kind of hit back at. And the the living back three I thought were phenomenal on the day that they, they sat so deep and knew exactly what they were and had no you know kind of no no delusion about about doing anything else. That they, they sat so deep they forced the all to come short or to try. And- it, w-
0: it was as close as our defence has come to kind of. Handling Olasanya, you know, he's an absolute chaos yeah. factor, and defenses don't know what to do with that yet. But Livy, I they certainly came the closest that we've seen so far. They just stifled us. We just weren't getting shots away. There was, they
3: were, they were doing basically what we do to teams in a, in a slightly different fashion. Um, I thought Oboli had a had a great game. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm sure I sent to Sam if I thought, and I, I thought Delucas De was rancid the last time I saw. Him. Um, I, th- I thought he had a great game. He just looked so comfortable. And is it is it Mikey Devlin that's it? I can never. Is it Nicky Devlin that's way up to Aberdeen and Mikey Devlin that's it? Just say Devlin. Yes. Yeah, you're
0: right.
3: <laughs> <laughs> the Devlin that's at, at now, um was obviously such a competent defender, and it's such a shame to see someone get into the Scotland team and get the move up to Aberdeen and all the rest of it, and then just fall apart. Um, over over a few years, but. I think it was just a, a bit of a clinic, basically on on Saturday, of him showing exactly why he was rated the way he was for for as long as he was. He, he just didn't really cause them any problems. They were comfortable. They were pushing up as our defenders sometimes do, and being very comfortable, kind of pushing through the lines. And um, again, Delucas in particular was popping up in the the strangest places as he did for his uh, as he did for his goal. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm not. Um, I'm not too worried about our performance I and mean, I thought we played the game that was in front
0: of us could have done better but I don't yeah, like think... I said it just it, it just seemed like we kind of cancel each other out and not yeah. kind of get too much on the plastic pitch but in the heat you can see it kind of sticking and it made the stuff a bit tricky and the game just sort of flodded along and look nobody's given out medals for getting a point at Livingston but you know there's context to football games and that, as far as I'm concerned that's a, a great point to come away with on Saturday it's a, it's a point <laughs>
1: that you can easily lose. And I think when you look at the bigger picture thing, um, we're four games into the season and we're still undefeated. Um, that's huge. And especially that's we've took points away from home, which was like a big issue we had last season, especially early on. And the fact that we're, we're, we're competent enough, you know, to get a point at Livingston, Livingston, you know, we mentioned earlier, people like jump on their style of play and all this kind of thing, but I think we mentioned it in the last podcast, there's no wrong way to play football. You've got to do what you got to do to get a point out of that, and like it was always going to be a stuffy game, and we done well to get the point. We we obviously lost the goal quite late on, and we thought that that was that typical St Mirren, but actually typical St Mirren now is the fact that we stayed, a, stayed alert and got back in it and scored right at the end. I looking at these first four games before the season, you would be thinking we should really beat Dundee, we
3: should probably beat Levy. We'd be good to get a point at Easter Road and good to get a point off Aberdeen. Mm-hmm. And we've got that points total. We've just done it a slightly different, a slightly different way. And as well, I think in games like Saturdays against Levy, the the Dundee game, games against the you know the, the kind of quote unquote smaller teams in the in the division and include us in that that kind of size of, of team. Last season we kept doing what we did against the bigger teams. We sat back, we tried to swallow up pressure and we kind of just tried to make chances when we could and we were good at it. We made more chances than we did under Goodwin and we we got our rewards. But it wasn't like we were then battering the smaller teams, particularly away from from home where we were getting found out um, because it wasn't working against just St Johnston's and Livingston's and and whatnot. And um, we're playing a different way this season and sometimes that means you're going to get just... Cancelled out in a, in a a game like that If we're going to try and play Front foot football, play along the deck Get a Up front and we're trying to play to his strengths Kind of round behind defenders and cut Through their team, if you're playing against a team Who's set up very very solidly And very well and who are intelligent And well coached and who Stifle teams because it's what they're good at You're going to get stifled And you know if you don't Snatch a goal at some point then you know, there's, there's potential just a, a goal in it and you either draw or you, or you might have it taken from me quite late on, as we very, very nearly did. So I don't think it's an indication that we had a, a particularly bad day. I think it's by and large what happens to teams that show up and try and play that kind of game
2: mm.
3: in Livingston. And to be honest, we tried to play both. We tried to play the expansive game in the first half. It looked okay for a while, but the pitch was sticky and horrible. They defended really well and boxed us out. And so we did resort to playing that kind of longer ball game in the second half. And Libby, like us, are just as happy taking that for a full half of football as well. So Martin, we sat in the press conference at the end and Martin Dale said something to that effect towards the end, saying that you'll get more and more teams playing this kind of shape um, this season with the way the the game's going. And when the two teams like this come up against each other, they're just going to cancel each other out. Um, He said, you know, don't don't be surprised if this is a fairly common occurrence across the the season, I think there's a lot of fairly equal teams in the division this year. I'm thinking Kilmarnock as well. Are probably a, a kind of fairly similar match. Motherwell as well. You, I think a lot of us are going to come up against each other. And if it's not, you know, if it's not a nine out of ten day for you, then this is very likely to happen. But um, it's fine. It's unbeaten, as you say. It's a strong start to the season. It's not. Um, I don't think it's any more or any less than that.
0: I thought we started quite right as well. I thought Bacchus looked really good, Kilty as well. I yeah. think um I think maybe you you made the point on comment as well. I think Panzer and Strain are both really benefiting from having a winger in front of them. Um, you can see Strain uh, coming a bit more centrally as well, which um I made quite good use of. But I think the, the Andrew Shinney injury just totally sucked the throughout the game. I don't think it really got back normal first half after that. Sorry, I think the the hell's angels are passing off that. I don't know <laughs> if you heard that. <laughs> but, um, I the the Andrew the injury just seemed to kind of suck all the momentum out of the game, and uh, it was a bit of a, a bit of a concerning one at the time. I know on co- you guys on come did a good job of you know talking us through that, but yeah, just never really got back to it. First half that, and second half was more of the same.
3: That was horrible in the ground. I know you know hindsight's great, and you know he walked back across the pitch. At- at half-time and got a bit of innovation an and and Martindale in the press conference at the end was saying quite early, you know, that he's, he's fine he was yeah. kind of in and chatting and actually that had galvanised Libby coming out for the second half seeing him because he said it's kind of taken it out of his players a bit um, but at the time he didn't move for, for quite a long period of time and again um, you know, it's bordering on cliche at this point but we don't have replays while we are doing the, the commentary most, um, most weeks so we both saw the collision happen. It just looks like Bacchus kinda gets the kind of push in the yeah. back and instead of kind of getting out the way, he stands his ground. I don't think it's a Harry Kane esque from memory, I've not actually seen it replayed. I don't think it's a properly dirty Harry Kane attempted murder, but I think it's it maybe, maybe somewhere
0: in in between. I yeah. don't think he's got I don't think he's gone to the heart room, but I think that's what the, the attacking player in that situation just kinda does and not to kind of get to your dad about it but it's pretty much one of the most dangerous things you can do in a football pitch. Yeah, yeah, as I'm concerned there needs to be some form of I'm not saying Bacchus should have been sent off I'm not saying he would ever hurt the boy but I'm just saying that it's, it may get to work with somebody, somebody seriously hurt with that
3: yeah I mean I, I, I thought that's what had happened on
0: Yeah.
3: on um, on Saturday I think uh, very quickly one of the Levy players was kind of down next to him I'm sure the the referee was like, you know, you know, you, you can tell the difference between the referee telling the physio to go on and the referee being like, get the medics on
2: mm-hmm.
3: immediately. And then he just didn't move, and it was the full, you know, support around the neck board under him before he gets lifted onto the stretcher type uh, thing. And then they didn't even go to the tunnel; they went through the um, through the away stand I, and out the back to you when the I ambulances are. And were just
1: like,
3: this is I'd this is horrible, be. and it was like ten minutes or so as well
1: i'd looked away and i I just looked up at the screen when i saw him lying down and i was like i didn't actually know what had happened and everyone but like it was a good like as we said however many minutes it went by and then i don't know if like the tv team were just like waiting for a green light of whether they could show the replay because i mean it was five minutes of like crowd shots and players and this and that and then all of a sudden they must have got the green light and they showed the replay from like eight different angles like 20 times in a row and i was like jesus that is brutal was it on his head? Is that like yeah. just yeah,
3: just um, uh, yeah, just dreadful to be honest. But and that, I think um, me and Sam and a little uh, behind the scenes uh, revelation. Me and Sam didn't switch both mics off at halftime. <laughs> we left one of the the mics hot until we started getting <laughs> text messages to say that um, we could still be heard. And to be honest, any other week we could have been saying some fairly disgraceful stuff, but this week and this week only, we were just, I think we were just talking about Shinny and trying to find out if um, we could get any word on whether or not he was alright, so he's um, he saved us on that account as well, so I'm grateful for
0: him. I, I mean, it's also, I don't I don't want to seem like I'm kind of coming down on Bacchus, because he looked quite, um he looked like he was quite concerned, and it's yeah. not a nice thing to have, have kind of caused that injury on in Sunday, like as unintentional as it was, but yeah, it's just, everyone's alright, so
2: that's
1: the main thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh We'll move on and we'll talk about, well, uh, Livingston had the ball in the net, but it was then VAR came to our saviour and say it was offside, and, and I, I think you just called me out on comms for saying that I thought that was 100% onside, but the angle they showed that at first looked like it was onside, it wasn't... And I just-
0: can I just point out, as soon as the ball leaves, I can't remember who passes it forward for Anderson. Is it maybe De Lucas or somebody? As soon as the ball leaves, that person's foot, Sam goes, That's all side. That's so, ah, Sam clearly he just knows, knows football
1: better than we do. <laughs> he
0: <laughs> he absolutely it. called it in an instant. Um, yeah. Anderson took it so well. Mm-hmm.
3: It was a great finish. And um, Heming had made a really good save not that long before it and a one on one Yeah, with, Brandon. Um, with Brandon, who I, I thought Brandon had an electric game, he was so tough to, to deal with. So much pace. Yeah, <laughs> really good. Really good
2: game.
3: <laughs> um, more so than I remember um, as well. And Hemingway <laughs>
0: influence, isn't
3: he? He's such a gang of bastards. Um, <laughs> and then fair play to them for <laughs> it. Uh, but he stood up to that so well. But that's the kind of thing last year, Carson's maybe got a 50 50 chance of standing up to something like that because that's his, you know, that's. That's what he's good at. Whereas Heming you know kind of did what he could, but it was, it was a great finish by Anderson and
0: um, what a sub to be able to bring on.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, at our
3: What's level, that? he's he's fantastic. He's composed. Um, yeah, well, I'm no, a no shade
0: on the attacking options we've got, but I think we're all kind of jealous of like that I think we've been we were kind of half linked with him this summer, weren't we? Yeah, yeah. Okay. But, well, those, yeah he's a, a massive fan of him and how he plays.
1: I think when the mystery striker thing got dropped, I think every striker (laughs) got mentioned at some point. So it was just his week that day. Got a couple of
2: goals against us now, hasn't he? Yeah, he's a good player. I'd love to see him.
3: Is he? Which one? Did I hear you wrong? What's that? This is maybe something that gets edited out of the podcast. I thought I heard one of you say it was from Paisley. No, no, no. No, so they
1: got one against us in Paisley. Sorry. Oh, no. Yeah.
3: Well, if this has been left in, this
0: it's is because it's late too late
1: to edit and we our beds. So. Yeah, <laughs> that, believe me, um, after I was late because of um, two guys coming into the shop just at the end, one of them spilt his stout everywhere and all that, and my hands still smell like stout after cleaning it and washing my hands. But yeah, it's too late for that to be edited out, Mark. Very sorry. All <laughs>
2: right.
3: That's okay. I think it makes us all look unprofessional and course, shit, so yeah, that's, yeah, fine. Yeah, that's fine. As long that's, as it's not just me, I'm That's, fine. <laughs> that's the
1: unofficial tagline of this podcast:
3: <laughs> unprofessional and shit. And so is Joe. <laughs>
2: um
1: yeah. I mean, I, th- I thought Levy
3: would have deserved it if that gold came in. Hmm. And to be honest, by the time their, their actual goal did roll around, they thoroughly deserved that one as well. Robinson was going absolutely spare at Lewis Jameson. Yeah, for the, you, could
0: hear, you could hear it on the stream.
3: Yeah, like, because I think he literally, in the build-up to the free kick, he had said exactly what was about to happen and how he had to watch his man. And obviously by the time we've got those kind of attacking options like out on the pitch and we've made all those changes, our shape does go a little bit. And that's the, the kind of risk you're taking. But that's the difference between doing quite well on loan at Airdrie and getting regular appearances in the top flight, I guess it's not good enough just to be good at what you do, you have to be good at what you're asked to do as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, also don't
0: uh, don't get us wrong, like to a man we defended that free kick horrendously. Oh, not, not just right. it was it was atrocious defending across the board, yeah. but deserve to
3: consider it and I, I don't know what I said at the time, but no no comp- it was a seconder obviously, but no no real complaints. Livy were the better team in the second half, I thought. And um had probably deserved the first one to to count, given how marginal it was. So by the time that went in, it was just like, well, get it up as that's you know we brought it on ourselves. And at that point, I was pretty resigned to, mm. you
2: know,
3: to heading back down the M8 travelator, pointless. <laughs> um, until the one, the only, Jason Gordon <laughs> stepped up and wrote his name into the history books.
1: I love the, the fact that he speaks very little English and there's just lots of people now calling him Jason that he has no idea. I,
3: I saw um, someone, like, all these kind of Israeli football accounts had um, shared his wee video off the Simon page and there's all this stuff. And then all the, all the Simran fans were obviously, like, all over it. And then I just saw this... Um, this tweet underneath it in an Israeli and then like a confused emoji or something and I had to translate and the translate and Israeli was just who is Jason Gordon? <laughs> 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 yeah,
0: very, very uh, get, well taken go by Nick though, isn't it? Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, it's, it's exactly what he's there for, isn't it? He's, he just seems like a,
0: seems like a poacher. Um, I think as well at that point in the game, it can, the Warriors it gets a bit frantic kind of trying to chase the goal but Strain, Gorgic and then Nakhmani are all just, just pillars of, of calmness to get the ball in and then Gorgic to knock it on. It's, like, it's exactly what you want in that situation. It's maybe not something we would have done in previous seasons. That would have been a game that we would have lost uh, and maybe resemblingly so, but yes, yeah, it's, it's good to see that we don't really, really know when we're beat. Gorgic well, has developed a, a bit of a knack for kind of being that wild card
3: kind of Late in games, that teams just don't know what to mm-hmm.
0: yeah to do with. A call um, up at um, St Johnson kind of something. Yeah,
3: it just seems like such a such a handful. It feels like when we do have chances that late on in games, that we're chasing it quite often. Seems to be him that's the one that's kind of keeping the move going or rushing focus. Eight strange is great. I, someone on the Discord, I can't remember who it was. Sorry, off the top of my head, pointed it out. Um, it, maybe Eden. Um, how high strange crosses? Mm. It's just to have the composure in the moment to not just try and fire one straight across the, but to hang it up there and just cause complete havoc. You know, everyone ninety six minutes in, everyone in yellows just want the game done. You know, they just want up the road at that point and to, to have the composure just to slow it down just a second and and to give everyone time to get into position and kind of bully folk about was was really good. I think it's exactly what he's good at.
0: Quite good that we seem to have that. That's going in my squad because games are kind of they're generally going to last a hundred odd minutes nowadays. So we need to not lose our composure at ninety minutes.
3: Martindale um, said in his press conference that he now um, plans for ninetieth minute subs. He said that he's changed his tactic. He said you know previously it would be kind of like sixty seventy five or sixty eighty for your changes built into your plan unless something goes off and he said now he's planning to make 90th minute subs. and um, so try and be aware of what's going on at the end if he's still got the subs to to make. Um and it's, it's just a different game and it's a it totally one of the frustrations is and sp- we spoke about VAR last time um I was on which was what post Aberdeen, I guess. Um about how we don't have the money here, you know. It's you're talking about two clubs who can properly afford it, and then two or three other clubs who can maybe afford it, and then everyone else is like stretching themselves in order to pay for the cut price bar that we've got. So, you're talking about really Rangers and Celtic being the only clubs that really get the benefit of it because they've got the you know, the more cameras, the more infrastructure, and the more budget, and everything else. And this is another area that. It's all part of the same thing. The more VAR we have, the longer games get. The longer games get, the more the teams with the bigger squads, yeah. the abilities to bring on yeah. four million oh. pound strikers that they signed from Feyenoord or from Ruben Kazan or whoever it is in the ninetieth minute, and then have them run at a tired guy that Levy signed at age twenty nine from Hitchin Town, mm-hmm. who's played ninety five minutes. Like, it's just, it's just mad to me that. No one seems to be talking about how that's just another symptom of the game <laughs> just being stretched into haves and have nots, and we've got a bigger squad this season than we did last, and surely it's to cope with.
1: Oh. hundred percent, yeah. It's, it's
3: to cope with that because uh, that killed us last year, and um, just not having the options to to see games out. And games that, and that and I think that's literally Monday. why
1: Thierry Smalls came back as well. Like, yeah. Um, just to, to add, obviously we need cover in that position, but we need cover in that position more than ever. Like um, yeah. you know, Tanzer's been fantastic this season, but you can't rely on him hundred odd minutes every game. Forty
3: five times, yeah. yeah. I think as well, it's maybe a factor in how we're playing this year as well. You know, you were saying, Andrew, Mr. Um, Hart, we'd been speaking about strain and Tanzer feeling the benefit of having wingers sitting in front of them now. Ryan Strain's not going to play a hundred hundred mm-hmm. minutes. If he's had to cover the entire right side of the pitch for those full 100 minutes, Renstein might play 100 minutes if he's been able to sit behind a winger and mm-hmm. not have to cover 70 yards every time a cross hits the first man and he has to to get back and, and cover something. That that might genuinely be a factor in why we're doing that, to try and keep people on the pitch fitter for, for longer and not burning up the same amount of, of energy that they had to do last year to play the way we were. We were playing um, It's worked in our favour this time you know, It didn't work in our favour against Aberdeen You know, you, you just kind of wonder how that evens itself out Over the course of the, the season Against Aberdeen and Hibs and Hearts and whatnot It might sting us a few times You would hope against Levy, Maybe Dundee County kind a smaller end of the table That we would have a bit of an edge Because we have maybe spent a little bit more On having a bigger squad this year But I don't know um, it was all a bit kind of wild cards like all in at the end and it's worked for us and it was great and I'm certainly not trying to trying to be down on it but it's not a sustainable way to try and get results
2: I think you oh, can tell we'll how see.
0: great you found it based on the scream you and Sam let out and <laughs> Tom was when they go with it <laughs> did you get some funny looks from the, the Livy fans? Superb so the,
3: the commentary position at Livy is just in among the fans it's the kind of top. Um, as you look at it from the away stand, it's the top left corner. Um, and similar to what someone have that kind of M four just above the dugout. Mm-hmm. There's not a blocked off media section. There's just two rows of kind of extra legroom seats. They've got tables on them for laptops. So it's also in,
0: from when we did it back at Crystal Things. Well, it's also maybe the. It's the, boo, the booing section. It's the yeah, angry it, section. It's so
3: so vocal, and there's we are the back row. Um, you get two rows of your kind of daily record guys and whatever else and then it's just Livy season ticket holders who were raging and uh, we got it a bit when Livy scored and then when we scored me and Sam as you do just you forget where you are you've got the crowd noise and the, whoever else is on comms like the noise pumping into your headphones you just kind of forget where you are so the two of us go absolutely spare and then realize I feel a little folk are turning out like, who the fuck are these guys? I, I, and then this, uh, oh, sorry, Jim. No, no, I'll continue. No, just gonna say this wee, like, 12 or 13 year old guy, uh, guys, boys is Can't really get around the same guy. Um, turns around when they say that they're bar checking our equaliser, and uh, he's like, Way! and like pointing at us, and also like, annoyed, but also a wee guy, so not, um, not gonna do anything, obviously. Like, for
0: to hit, what you're
2: saying,
3: uh, yeah, but like properly had that kind of slight tense shoulder thing like what are they doing in our stand kind of thing and then the ref confirms that the goal was given and me and sam are like on official club duty and out of our seats <laughs> with the, the hands in there like screaming back at this we guy in front of his dad and his pals um, just phenomenal man. just so much fun
1: i thought that would have been it. when we done uh comms at easter road and you were in yeah. the back of the main i always thought like god if we score here like unfortunately we've not had like that opportunity on comms away Easter Road yet. But... <laughs> it's been
3: shit twice. <laughs> In fact, I've, I've not done it three times. Have you?
0: Oh, it's just blank. Like, um... Imagine doing it for that, that game at sort Easter of Road just there, 3 2. I
2: oh,
3: know, that would
1: have been good. That, oh, was,
2: yeah. that was Gordon, wasn't it?
1: Yeah.
0: I think he had a good day.
1: <laughs> uh, but if we, before we kind of move on, it's just how wee look at the. We're obviously going into the international break, so it's a time to reflect on the season so far. We're currently third on the table, undefeated, after four games. Um, it's looking pretty good. I, I can't remember who I was having this conversation with. Where, like, y- y- your mind wandered, obviously, to unrealistic dreams where what you could achieve this season and how we're playing and all that. And you're like, you're looking at the old firm and how how long will they keep Michael Beale in that seat? Because obviously Rangers want a bit of stability and stuff. They're, both of them aren't that great. And you're like, oh, maybe someone could split the old firm this season maybe it could be us and now uh, the reality is it might be us that split the old firm but it might not just be us there might be a few teams <laughs> in there <laughs> I'm loving how it's taken four games
0: yeah, I for us to get to this level of delusion oh, of it's beautiful. In, in my mind there's a very very defined top three I think Aberdeen will finish third fairly comfortably who are currently second bottom with two points. <laughs> yeah. well, well, that's true. I, mean, yeah. I think they've bought very well. They'll figure it out. They've probably got what it takes to sustain a Thursday-Sunday until mm-hmm. Christmas, more so than others in the league. Hearts and Hibs, who are typically the kinda, four and five, both look like they've got basket case elements to them. So it's not, it's not a given that there's one, because going right into the season, you kind of thought, right, who's going to get that? That leftover place in the top six, but I don't think it's a case of there's now one place to be thought over there. I think, I think fourth is is going to be a lot of clubs' in. Mm-hmm. Like you look at you, kind of us, Motherwell, <laughs> Komarnik have had a good start. Uh, aye, so I think. Don't want to get too ahead of ourselves, but also think if you're not getting ahead of yourself, then it's not as fun.
1: No, you've got to. You've all. got like yeah. when other like being a Sittman fan, we're never this high up the table after four games, unless we're in the first division. So, it really like, or the, sorry, the championship. So, you've got to enjoy it while you can and then when the inevitable happens, you go, "Ah, oh, mate, I was just winding you up. I knew that we weren't going to finish third. As, I go, in as, in as a single team, to yeah. We <laughs> were, we're <laughs> never going to do a Leicester, come on. <laughs> well, then, we're four games
3: in and the joint top scorers in the division It's not We've not snuck into third position no. after after three games. We are the third best team in the country.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I would uh, I would wager. Um, I'm I was very very comfortable in the same position as you, Andrew, but just thinking that Aberdeen were going to be miles ahead. But I'm so conflicted now because they're so bad in the league. They, see the performance yeah. they put in against Hacken. In the second leg, they were phenomenal. Like, they were, Majofsky doing what he does every week away from, I think, probably turning that tie. And then they just collapsed. They were so bad. But see the, the chances they were creating? They looked great. And then either side of that against us, and, and at the weekend, they just looked minging. I, I don't think it's impossible that Barry Robson just has one of those runs and it just doesn't come back. And I, I feel like hearts aren't that far away from that either. I was pretty bullish on Naismith's potential, but all this um, kind of chewing the fat, sawdust to managers giving the same instructions nonsense with Frankie McAvoy just feels a bit weird, like it's just kind of stripped the wind out of it. They, they should they be have, so much They better.
0: have. They've promoted them now, so, mm. I, uh, think I, I, so I have no idea how that situation works. Or basically, now that they're out of Europe, he can be the head coach. Is that right? I've,
3: in my head, Stephen Naismith was sitting inside Frankie McAvoy's hat, <laughs> controlling him by pulling his fringe like Rata- Remy and Ratatouille. Okay. Um I've am i a stress. I've got nothing to back it up. That's just a rumor. I'm not—I'm I'm not stating that as fact.
1: Just allegedly, Stephen Naismith was in a hat doing a Ratatouille.
3: What was the thing we used to always say allegedly for? Uh, On the
1: podcast, J- Jack Ross <laughs> allegedly. Oh,
3: yeah. There was a couple. There was, There was definitely something else that we used yeah, there, to bring there up. There was a few.
1: Uh, I, th- I
3: think. I think Are we I
2: already,
1: entered today. Joked <laughs> down that lane again? Or? No, no, no. It's, it's not, it's no con- well, at that point, I'll say we will be back after this. I'm Keanu Backus, and you're listening to the Misery Hunters podcast.
3: Well, that's me clamped by the Misery Hunters lawyers over the last three hours.
1: <laughs> that was. A, that was a longer break than usual. I have to say, but these things happen a little peek behind the curtain if you're unaware while there's three of us on this zoom call there is an actual fourth window that is just blacked out and that is our lawyer who like only cam gets turned on when we've said something we shouldn't have our lawyer is actually uh,
3: uh, Ivano (laughs) Bonetti the former Dundee uh, or no no he was the manager who was the Dundee owner that was Saddam Hussein's lawyer oh, it's totally gone I think he died fairly recently as well Uh, Rest hey. in peace, King. But um, yeah, yeah. I'd I I'd like to make it clear at this point I've gone free will that Stephen Naismith was not controlling Frankie McEvoy like a rat and rat too.
1: <laughs> but uh, we, we the transfer window has closed and we remain intact. No one in. We didn't well, no one in the last few days. I mean, I'm pretty happy with that. Like, I think Stephen Robinson said he need, we needed a striker looking at that team. We don't. We just need Jonah Urea yeah. back nice and fit.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Still fit. Oh, yeah. I mean, he is already fit, but, like... Yeah. Um, he, uh, he walked past us again
3: at the weekend. And I, I'd, uh, my wedding ring is in to get resized. And I genuinely looked down at my hand and was like, you could, Mark, you know. <laughs> 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 this this could be your moment. But, yeah, I, I took myself out of it, so...
0: Is our um, aim for this season to get a restraining order taken out on this, a podcast, Why Restraining Order from Jonah Younger?
1: Yeah, so, so you know, in like, our predictions for the podcast or something, I said something like taking the podcast to a whole new level. That's what I meant. <laughs> it was very vague when I said it, but what I meant was something along like we, a restraining order from someone associated with the
0: club. But, no, I'm pre- pretty happy with how the transfer window indeed, to be honest. I think. Backus was the only one that we kind of thought would go on the last day. I know there was I think there was rumours of a bad family. No yeah. none of us really know how concrete they were, but no, I'm pretty happy to wake up on Saturday and think I think, think it's, it's a good indication
1: for down. Bacchus as well. The fact that I, I think if he wanted to move to Aberdeen, that move probably would have happened. I think you're yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so, yeah. Yeah. so I, I think that the fact that he, he might realise we're we're on to something this season. Um and it like he's not going to do any chances any harm staying with us to the end of the season or yeah. at least to January. Um fingers crossed to the end of the season where he he, he won't get a, a a good move out of it. Like we we know we're, we're stretching our luck already with how long we've kept him. Most of us said there's no chance we'll still have him this season. Early rumors of the Bolton move seemed a bit like surely English Championship teams maybe looking at him and stuff, but the fact that that's, that's the, the
0: thing, thing like, like with with all disrespect meant to Aberdeen, he'll get a much much better move in the summer,
2: mm-hmm.
0: would, and he's, he's, his stocks only going to rise with the uh, more and the more caps he gets at international level as well. So yeah, I think it's a case of he's been told. Yeah. Aberdeen, summer and Aberdeen's maybe not. It's oh. Not massively. Up. I mean, financially, of course, it's, it's life changing. But... And then
1: I guess you could look at the whole Kenny McLean thing about Aberdeen, and then got his like his big English move. Yeah. Um. But I think I think St. have changed since then. I mean, like when Ke- Kenny McLean left, where we're bottom of the league, and he was a top goal scorer. Slightly different to where we're at was now you know, with Bacchus He's you not know, twenty one
3: as well. 21, 22 Yeah. yeah. Backus is twenty five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, twenty five. I'm sure.
0: Yeah.
3: I think. Um, a move to Aberdeen now because you're not going to Aberdeen for a year you're going to Aberdeen for two if not three
2: mm-hmm.
3: that's a kind of longer period in Scotland than I would assume he's kind of aiming for whereas yeah.
2: uh, if yeah, he with
3: us unless, unless the conditions are perfect right, in which case you can't really hold it against them but th- there's a, a logical argument to say stick with us for a year if you do well enough here for a year and we qualify for Europe there's potentially a much better contract offer for you to stay and play in Europe next year than you would have got Alternatively, and even then, at that point, it's in your court, and you can walk off, and you'll probably have a bigger selection of teams than you would do as well if if you were still under contract somewhere else. So I, unless you know, unless they were going to triple his wages and he was, you know, going to be a starter in the the conference league and all the rest of it, then I think it kind of makes sense to hang about and continue with what we seem to be putting together this season. Yeah. I don't know if it was. Um, Nadie's Topoker or, or someone else on Twitter, but they posted stats about the window, and we were the third um, least active team in Scotland out of all 42. Wow. Um, 42 league clubs. So, which kind of makes sense. We're stable and we've added quality
2: mm-hmm.
3: and we've changed the kind of makeup of the squad. It's not that we've just added kind of a couple of different options. We've more strikers this year because we need more strikers with the way we're we're playing with added quality Out wide because we need it. But I think we're just in a better spot than we were last year, and it's nice. Kind of felt like this under good one a couple of times,
2: mm-hmm.
3: a couple of windows where we're just not in the same ten in ten out kind of um, kind of rat race. Things I think like we're as well be separate this year.
0: I think as well we uh, should mention that the the best bit transfer dealings that happened was the fact that Stephen Robson didn't leave or doesn't look like he's uh, going to leave uh, for yeah. the yeah. moment anyway. I, 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 think, saw, I you know, think that's massive. I saw an
1: article about that Nick Montgomery and apparently, we, we, when whether this is true or not, obviously it looks like it might be him but I, the article pinpointed a potential stumbling block was his £50,000 release clause and I was like uh, yeah, Robinson's more than that. So um... Robinson, watch Robinson's
0: again. Two
1: fifty,
3: yeah. Two fifty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the same as strain though for me. Like two fifty for your managers, fair enough. Are we getting a manager that good for a quarter of a million? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Elsewhere, I I, you know, I just don't know that we are. So it's it's been so vital
2: mm-hmm.
3: that we've held on to him for now.
0: Yes, yeah, it's, it's probably gonna happen eventually. Like he's too good a manager not to get
2: yeah.
0: a lot of attention, and you kind of look like we said earlier, clubs that have got a potential we blip in them. Like if Hearts go on a bad run, do they look at him? Clubs down south, Northern Ireland, I don't know. You know, there's always going to be clubs looking for somebody and It's just testament to a job he's done here
2: mm-hmm. that
0: he's been linked with these jobs. But yes, it will happen more. more. It will happen eventually, won't it? But
2: just enjoy crazy. it
0: while it's here. I mean,
1: he, the way you look at it as well, like look at what Jack Ross, like for what we've called him in the past. He came in when we were bottom league, kept us up, and then got us promoted the next season. That got manager of the year and a big lucrative move to Sunderland. Like if if Stephen Robinson, like he got us in the top six, highest position we've had in the in the league in however many years. And if he does it again and therefore maybe improves us on it a wee bit or, you know, maybe we do sneak into Europe or whatever, you're going to have other clubs, like decent championship level clubs, looking at that and going, that's worth a punt.
3: I think it's crazy to suggest that either Robinson or Naismith might not see out the season.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: No, they're, they're by no means guaranteed. Robson could absolutely do well and get back to third, but how long do you sit within a few points of the bottom of the table without before
0: big Dave panic? I think um, Aberdeen kind of worries me slightly less because of, I think Goodwin's now bought us a few years where they're not going to come knocking it yes. at Greenhill Road for a wee while, but yeah, there's there's teams teams up here that are likely to go on wee bad runs and Hearts in particular you kind know, They'll, they'll pull the trigger pretty mm-hmm. rapid, I imagine. Good cultural fit.
3: <laughs> There's also the NI job.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
3: Michael O'Neill's not been the best
1: of uh, And I mean, the best if, of things. if Michael O'Neill leaves Northern Ireland and Robinson gets that job, I'd happily take Michael O'Neill if that's a possibility.
0: Yeah, for sure. I get the feeling that the Northern Ireland job would be very appealing to Robinson. I think that's a bit of a goal of his. So obviously, O'Carroll's oh, already in the set setup. I think they could do that together. Yeah. Um, I don't know if international management maybe suits them. Is this maybe maybe wait want to wait a bit longer.
2: Can I go to that
0: sort of part time level? But it's one of those not part Sorry, about sorry, Andrew.
3: Um, Michael O'Neill was never going to get like the Stoke job, working in the League of Ireland, or you know, even when he was up here. But Northern Ireland gets him in there. Mm-hmm. You know, gets him in the headlines and then he gets a fairly lucrative management job. Down there, I think Robinson knows after Motherwell that the sum total of his really good spell at Motherwell, with a kind of tapering off, got him a League 2 into League 1 job. Like a thankless, budgetless job.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Down south, I think he probably knows to some extent that unless, unless you are getting into Europe and doing something a bit special up here, there's a bit of a ceiling for what you can walk down into. Whereas you take the Northern Ireland job for a few years, and you're, you probably get your choice after that, even if it goes even, passingly well. Um, I so said I think that's maybe a slightly realistic one, but I'd, again, I, now that the window's over, and I hope I don't regret saying this. I feel like he probably will. He's more likely to see out the season than not.
1: Yeah, I yeah, I would expect. So we'll we'll move away from these horrible, horrible possibilities. That hopefully never come true and we'll, I mean international break but we'll do a mini preview on uh, Motherwell who we play after coming back, they're obviously still angry, I hope we start Charles Dunn and I hope Dunn injures everybody
3: Since, um, since injuring Yeris, he's also then gone on to injure Connor Wilkinson and Liam Kelly
1: Liam Kelly is a Big loss for Motherwell. Like he always produces against us and Is there some people I couldn't even tell you. I'm gonna Google it now, but I couldn't tell you.
0: What sort of uh, what sort of timescale are we looking at for Kelly? Do you know? I've not seen anything mentioned. It's just enough to get him out of the Scotland squad, which you assume uh, he's not doing unless he's you know, he's got a kind of Fortnite send again. Motherwell I kinda of went in on them after the cup game. But they've looked pretty good the past couple of weeks. Yeah. I guess a very bad heart side on Saturday, but from the, the highlights I saw, he looked really, really good, really good in midfield. Uh, Blair Spittle looks like he's having a really good season. Callum yes. Slattery as well.
3: You can kind of hang that heart result
1: against our um,
3: Hibs or Aberdeen yeah,
1: performance. Definitely. The, um, uh, the Motherwell subkeeper is Aston Oxborough, who is that well known, he doesn't have a Wikipedia page he sounds like a Ross County loney. he sounds like an FM region
3: yeah
0: that's true yeah be, it'll be an interesting game because obviously there's that bit a bit of nip since the, the Charles Dunn tackle and I think is it yourself and me on columns Mark that, that day
3: yeah, the dream team
0: so I will do our best to make a make a show of it and Embarrass the club.
1: If you could read was um, against, uh, Paisley Steelman as much as you could. That'd be great.
3: Taxi for. Yes. yeah, um, <laughs> uh, I did have a list of Simpsons references that I was quite keen to work into the Livingston comms, but I very subtly folded that bit of paper and put it in my pocket Well,
0: I make sure it was getting treated. <laughs> yeah, when some of that happens that you kinda evidence go at the window, isn't it? So right, it's actually be yes yeah
3: probably probably shouldn't be like throwing out 29-year-old Mr Plough references at this point. I think all our
2: references oh, is another that, that,
1: that surely Mr Plough is a massive reference to, to <laughs> Andrew Shinney hitting the ground. No? Couldn't have worked something in there? That's disappointing.
2: All our
0: references should just be solely aimed at that Kettlewell's hairline in my view. To be fair...
3: well, isn't on screen, we should all be asking where he is.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's... Fucking Eddie Munster, that's just all you need to go away. I'm into
2: here. i
3: a kind of homeless to here,
1: which he, he currently is,
3: kind of on the on the door. Best wishes.
0: But anyway, no, it'd be an interesting game, second against third as well, of course, which is you know, it's exciting.
1: You think the Sky cameras would would be out for this one, but for some reason and to me, they've, they've chosen not to telefy this game.
0: <laughs> Since we played put master have signed Ollie Shaw Which Could go either way, I guess I've
3: got that kind of football management Football manager thing about Ollie Shaw, where In my head, he's pish But I can also see him Scoring in the 80th minute And then the yeah. strapline commentary being like With his first goal of the season <laughs> Against us, no, I mean, just feels he's like he's that guy
0: Leanne Dempster told me he was One of the best youngsters in Europe, so Oh, I do know what you're talking about. Yeah, well, our judgment's impeccable. So. <laughs> um,
3: I, I, Motherwell is always a tricky one to predict. Yeah.
1: It's, uh, Particularly it's at Fir
3: Park. Um, it's hard for me to think of us playing at Fir Park and not think of that um, for capitulation.
2: Between
3: the, the Linus. Yeah, the, the 4-2 with Linus and goals. Yeah, um, and for full, full credit to Zach Hemming, I'm not going to go all Sam Smith on you here, but in terms of the spectrum of goalkeeping ability, I would suggest that Hemming is maybe closer to Linus than Carson at this point in his career. Um, certainly got the potential to be more of a Carson than a Linus, but at this point...
0: Although, be to be fair, closer. one of maybe two and a half mistakes I remember Carson making was if our parker kind of didn't do very well with it? was it Max Johnson that scored from a sort of weird angle volley right. Carson didn't deal with well at all so we can hang our hat on that. But I don't know.
3: If Mandron starts, I think we're a more dangerous team. We create so much and at such a rate and I I'm think we're like- so much more confident with grieve and Olasanya being the handfuls towards the end that capitalise on quite, yeah. on tired defences
0: I, I wonder if Mandron's
3: the guy that bullies spoke early on
0: I wonder if uh, Mandron was it quite a late injury to Mandron do you know I just wonder if he was due to start on Saturday because you kind of look at that game and you see the crosses coming in from McManor and Tanzan you kind of think if, if that was Mandron at the end of that would they maybe get a lot more joy on Saturday so. I think we asked on Saturday
3: and I think they just said they pulled up and didn't train Yeah, I
0: can't remember. We'd be surprised to see him start anyway, just for the banter of yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: absolutely. The the same way they said Richard Tate was done,
0: um, was done, was done, was was was
1: not
3: done, (laughs) and he absolutely was. (laughs) Get obvious.
0: That's another point as well. Actually, we should have Mark O'Hara back Mm -hmm. in some capacity, whether he starts or. Guy I think with international think,
1: break under him. Yeah, if if he's fit enough, you'd start him in a game like this.
0: Yeah.
1: Which would be cruel I think to we have, we have, have to drop out, but like Mark Har- Marco had is just that, you know, absolute rock in the middle of the park that you you want. I'm quite comfortable with the
3: idea of Bacchus running himself into the ground over the course of an hour, and then having Boyd Munch to come in.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think O'Hara's the one that's a guaranteed starter, I would say. I think Boyd Boyd has kind of been given his chance with O'Hara's his take and He's taken it with both hands. I've been really, really impressed yeah. with him.
3: Great. And I, I wouldn't begrudge him a starting place at all, but I think we've, we've got three very good midfield options and I would probably err on the side until further notice of starting O'Hara and Bacchus.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Knowing that you've got Boyd Munch to play minimum half an hour. And also at that
0: point, a- Bacchus is invariably on a booking.
1: And we'll yeah. be needing to be brought off, so yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever far from my beckon. <laughs> uh, any more for any more? No, I think yeah. it's Patreon.com forward slash misery hunters, three pounds a month. You get extra episodes. I hear there's return of a special fan favorite feature. Um in the in the next Patreon. I don't know, you need to pay your three pound to find out. Uh, you also get you into monthly competitions and all that kind of stuff. And uh you get very access. good uh, sorry you were gonna say Discord. I was gonna access our wonderful Discord, yeah. Um
3: really, really good thread on the Discord this uh this week about how you ended up in a Simon fan, mm-hmm. which was in equal parts funny
1: and touching. We found there's a lot of good the, stepdads out there.
3: Yeah, a lot of good uh, good stepdads, good papas. doing a lot of uh, a lot of credit? Uh, it's nice and
1: for only £3 a month you can also feel that way about people you don't know measurehunters.co.uk we've got all our merch on there and uh, at paisleycraftbeer.com there is merch on the way which is very stylish and fashionable and I'm sure everybody will want to wear it um, but I will end with a uh, fuck Alex Ray fuck Stuart Kettlewell uh,
0: fuck Tony Macaroni